Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today, I want to talk about a certain woman some of you may be familiar with if you're a regular listener to the pod or on any of the other Nasty Woman Club social media platforms. That woman is Kate Elizabeth. She has been on one hell of a roller coaster. For those that haven't listened to my interviews with Kate, here is what you have to know about her. Kate lives in rural New South Wales with her wife, Crystal, and her two rescue dogs, Vegas Rose and Priscilla Lee. Kate loves to plan, she loves to make jewelry, and she is our very own Olivia Benson. But sadly last year, Kate was diagnosed with cervical cancer. She in fact was only getting a medical checkup at the time because her and Crystal were looking into IVF, in which Kate would carry the baby. But sadly, throughout the year, Kate instead battled through numerous treatments and surgeries to fight cancer. And throughout all that, she was making jewelry to help raise awareness of cervical cancer so more women would get their pap smears. Incredible, hey? Well, I'm not done yet. Kate is now officially a cancer survivor. She's done with the chemotherapy and radiotherapy, but she still lives with post-treatment side effects. She now has medical menopause, and one of the side effects being she can no longer carry the couple's future baby. But not all hope was lost. Crystal and Kate still continued their fight to become parents and continued going through IVF, only this time Crystal would be the one to carry the baby. And it is my honor to announce that the IVF works and Crystal is officially pregnant with a little girl who is expecting to come into this world in July 2020. I literally squealed when Kate texted me the news and I look forward to you all hearing my chat with her where we discuss her IVF struggles, post-cancer life, and her and Crystal's excitement about adding another girl into their little girl game. This is Kate Elizabeth. Hi, Kate. This is Demi. Congratulations, lovely. Oh, thank you so I still can't believe it. Honestly, it still is not, it doesn't feel real <laughs> You're going to be a mommy. I know. I'm not ready. I'm not old enough for this. This is like some real adult shit, you know? Like, I've got to just keep another human alive. I'm not sure if I'm prepared. <laughs> this is like proper adulting here. Uh-huh. I know. I know. This is, this is next level adulting. Like, I mean, I, I was all right to kind of like go through cancer and stuff, but this is like... This is the next level. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm ready. You're gonna have to check in on me in like eight months' time or something to just make sure I'm okay. 
I'm sure you'll be okay. Thank you so much for coming to me, though, to want to talk about this. So I really do appreciate it. Oh, darling, thank you. I feel like you've really been with me through this whole journey. And I knew that, I mean, I wanted to obviously tell people because I'm excited and I've been sitting on this news for the last 14 weeks. And I'm like, I just wanted to be shouting it from the rooftops. But I knew that people would going to have questions and you know it's still a relatively new sort of process a lot of people know someone that's gone through IVF but maybe they don't necessarily feel comfortable asking questions so I knew I kind of wanted to just be an open book about everything um, as much as we can be and you have been such a massive part of that so I thought what better way to do it than to get Demi and chat to her again and it's like like I told you last time it's like a, a psychology session for me I always feel so much better afterwards yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the first question I want to ask you, why did you want to have kids? Is this something that you've always wanted? Short answer is no. I wasn't always sure that I wanted to have kids. And even when my wife and I got married, I was 30 and she was 32. And she was like, come on, let's get the ball rolling. I don't want to wait too much longer. Um, both of our parents had kids young. So we sort of were, you know, we had that in the back of our minds. But I was... Uh, I wanted to travel a bit more and kind of get settled into my career and knowing that IVF was so expensive, I wanted to make sure that we had a little nest egg that we could draw on for the process. It really wasn't until someone told me that I couldn't have kids that I wanted it so badly. And that's kind of a shitty way to realise it. But I always pictured myself with a family, but I guess the path of how I was going to get to that point wasn't really clear to me. But it was literally when my oncologist said to me, you'll never carry a pregnancy, you'll never have a child because of the radiotherapy that I just went, holy shit, I can't believe I'm not going to get that. And I desperately wanted it. So yeah, it was kind of a roundabout way of finding out something. And I guess you always want what you can't have. But yeah, I always wanted a family, but I just wasn't sure how to go about getting one. So why IVF? Why did you and Crystal ever discuss adoption or surrogacy? Yes, yeah, we had a couple of conversations about it in the lead up to. So I guess the short answer is adoption and surrogacy are probably not as easy as maybe what a lot of people think. So you've got two different types of adoption. You've obviously got international adoption and domestic adoptions. International adoption, again, is not as easy as a lot of people think. So sort of back in the 90s, National Adoption got quite a lot of airtime. I guess there was a documentary out called The Dying Room, which is probably a bit before your time, but it was a really like harrowing documentary about these kind of orphanages in China and the, the conditions that these children were kept under. And there's a lot of kind of moral... I guess, issues around international adoption. So it's very stringently regulated, which is great now. It's also very, very expensive. So it wasn't something that we were probably going to do as a first option. If this hadn't had worked, then maybe we would have considered um, going down that path at a later stage. Also, domestic adoption too is very expensive and not as... It's not a given, you know, you have to start off, I imagine, I believe, sorry, in the fostering system and that kind of comes with its own trials and tribulations, I guess, and going from a foster carer to an adoptive parent isn't a definite, 
you've got a lot of steps that you've got to take and a lot of um, legal and logistic hoops that you've got to jump through. And personally, I know one family who I'm very close with that have gone through um, a successful adoption procedure and um, watching them and it, I think it took about eight years all up for them to adopt their beautiful daughter. So it's definitely not, a, not an easy process. And then surrogacy, again, is one of those things that's like, you know, Kim Kardashian and everyone seems to be doing it, but it's like, it's definitely not as easy as what you would think. It's really heavily regulated in Australia. You can't actually advertise for it. It's illegal for you to advertise for someone to be your surrogate. And it's also illegal for you to pay someone to be your surrogate. So they have to do it out of the kindness of their heart, basically. And um, they have to kind of come to you and say they will do it. Um, most states say that you have to be over the age of 25 and you have to have had at least one of your own children. And I believe they also want you to have completed your family, although I don't know how they regulate that. But there's a lot of, again, boxes that you've got to tick for those kind of avenues that you're going to go down and it's not to say if this didn't work that we wouldn't have tried one of those three things but I guess this was our first port of call and it was really it was the cheapest way for us to do it we already had my embryo on ice and we had run out of money basically <laughs> the cancer really ate into the savings account and so we just thought we'll give this a go and hope for the best and it bloody worked and you said that you had your embryo frozen so originally yeah. when you guys had the whole discussion of IVF you were going to be the one that was going to carry and not crystal why was that the arrangement at the beginning before the shitstorm of cancer happened well I know you haven't met my beautiful wife yet but within about five minutes of meeting her it would become very apparent to you that carrying a pregnancy was definitely not something that she wanted to do or that she ever thought was going to be part of her life she is the most beautiful, kind-hearted, generous person. Um, and she has done this for me to make me happy because she knew it's something, having a family was something that I did want, but it's not something that she ever wanted for her life. So we knew that early on. And like I said, if you meet her, you would be very, very obvious to you. She's, um, she's not a girly girl. She buys clothes in the men's section. She drinks rum and plays pool. And she's very, very sure of herself and her personality. And pregnancy just does not fit into that version of herself. And I have a lot of respect for that. So when we initially approached IVF, it was just always really obvious to the two of us that I would carry. We often laugh because we went our first appointment with the IVF specialist. She said to us, if anything happens to Kate, Crystal, would you carry the pregnancy? And we laughed like we were so smug and we laughed and we laughed. And we went, no, we would have to be living in alternate universe for that to happen. That would just never happen. And obviously the universe was listening and was like, oh, these two are a little smug. I just see, I just mix things up a little bit with these two. And how are you going with the fact that you're not carrying the baby? I'm not going to lie, it's actually it's pretty difficult. So, like, in amongst all the joy that's coming from this, we both have a lot of sadness about it because it's something that she never wanted 
and it's something that I so desperately wanted. So I had this like really romantic idea of pregnancy. I was like, oh, I'm going to be all like boobs and belly. I'm just going to be floating around in my pool and I'm just going to be so gorgeous and like organic. My psychologist tells me that like, I have like a flower crown idea of pregnancy. Like I'm just going to be like floating around the meadows with my flower crown on. And, you know, obviously that's not always the case. That's very rarely the case. But... I, I desperately wanted to be pregnant and so we're in this like cruel irony where she's experiencing something that she never wanted and I have to watch her experience something that I desperately wanted and we're happy and sad and excited and like mourning all at once and then like throw in some pregnancy hormones and then like I'm on actual hormones and there's just a lot there's a lot flying around but for the most part we're pretty good because I can imagine that must be crazy in the house right now because she must be incredibly hormonal during the pregnancy and also you've got the pregnancy effects as well while you're also still recovering from cancer treatments and early menopause what's that contradiction like going in the house yeah we're on like two opposite ends of the spectrum I guess and yeah we uh I guess we're just we're kind of just rolling with it to be honest like I I think if we sit down and we think too much about it 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 kind of we can we can spiral um and sometimes when we go to things like a scan or a test or whatever and I'm like super excited and then crystals will be kind of freaking out and we it culminates every time we have an appointment but for the most part we're kind of just dealing like day to day and you know she's been amazing she was sick for a couple of weeks but she came good thank god because I am a terrible nurse I'm a much better patient than I am nurse so I'm just so (laughs) grateful that she got over that and yeah I guess I'm just kind of just rolling on with my post-cancer life and it's been a really good distraction and it's given me a lot of joy and a lot of focus and excitement something to look forward to whereas I guess if I didn't have this it would kind of just be you know I'm I'm just plodding along and this is my existence now and so many things have changed like the medical menopause and you know I'm having to basically take hormones and um there's a lot of other stuff that kind of goes along with that and this has sort of drowned out a lot of the negativity that comes with post-cancer stuff I'm, I'm getting I'm excited and we've just been it's basically been like cancer recovery IVF and now she's pregnant so kind of just like gone bam 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 and we're now just going holy shit that just happened so (laughs) yeah it's a lot there's a lot going on So what has it been like then having all these weeks just you two knowing about the pregnancy? Yeah that's really hard and you know there's this uh like phenomena like I guess it's just this, this commonality that you don't tell anyone you're pregnant until 12 weeks. 12 weeks is like this magic. And this is all new to me because I'm not, not really like in, I don't have sisters. I don't have any nieces or nephews. Like a couple of my friends have babies, but I'm sort of not really like in the world as much. And I didn't know that that was the case up until Crystal got pregnant. And it's really difficult because A, you want to tell people and B, poor Crystal, like anytime we would go somewhere, someone would offer her a drink, would be their first like, hey, let me buy you a drink. And she's like, can't, really sorry. Like, you know, and so you're sort of telling people without, oh, and then one time she couldn't eat brie and like she asked about whether whether there was brie in something and everyone's like, oh, why can't you have brie? And it's like, it just becomes very apparent that something's going on. So we were just 
we were sort of telling people as it came up in conversation because I couldn't hold it in. And B, it was just really strange that she wasn't drinking alcohol and eating soft cheeses randomly. But I find I'm kind of in two minds about this 12-week situation because if something had happened to the baby and we had lost it, I would still want people to know that she had done this amazing thing. You know, I think that it kind of perpetuates this whole miscarriage and silence situation that a lot of women seem to go through and it's only just when you kind of like delve into the IVF world and obviously like IVF with straight couples is because they're they're having issues and like so many women are talking about their miscarriages and it's like one in four women are having miscarriages and like this is all news to me I, I didn't even know that some of my friends had had miscarriages and that you know people that I work with and it's just so much more common because no one's saying anything until 12 weeks and we're all having these real silent tragedies and I just don't think that, I don't know, I guess you're right. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Weeks pregnant or you're 12 weeks pregnant, you're still pregnant and if you get to go on and have the baby then that's joyful but if you don't and that's a loss and then you know I want to share that with you and yeah it's been difficult to sit on it because I don't really necessarily agree with this whole 12 week situation but you know we were sort of wanting to just tell people as we saw them Um, but then it got to the point where it was like okay we live 10 hours away from a lot of people we just need to be open about it and just tell everyone that it's happened so that's what social media is for oh yes exactly yes and you did the announcement this week and with the baby photo scan oh my goodness and you're having a girl yeah we are we just found out we were having a girl so we were like for half a second gonna keep it a surprise but i've just had too many fucking surprises in my life (laughs) the last 12 months (laughs) i just need to plan something so i was like no bugger we're gonna find out crystal thought it was a boy i thought it was a girl so i won the competition um (laughs) and yeah she's gonna be just oh she's gonna be i just there's Yeah. (laughs) So I can imagine over the past couple of weeks and also especially this week as well since you did the public announcement on Facebook that you've probably received some questions. Some of them may have been inappropriate because of the situation you guys are in. Like, What are some things that people need to make sure that they do and do not say around people that are going through IVF? So around IVF, I would say things like just stop thinking about it and it will happen. Uh, That's a real kicker. Uh Um, Things like my grandma's second cousin's daughter's dog walker went through IVF um, and, you know, she she did this and and she stood on her head and, you know, she she had a baby and, like, you know, these kind of weird and wacky things. Just if someone tells you they're going through IVF, just listen and just be a bit of a sound 
finding boards people don't necessarily offer advice because I tell you what, if someone's going through IVF, they are Googling the shit out of everything. Like, I promise you, they know more about, like, mucus and discharge and ov- ovulation timetables and, you know, sperm structure and all that shit than, you know, uh, someone that hasn't gone through the process will ever know. But there are things relating to us specifically uh, that I have found um, over the last couple of weeks that have really kind of gotten, really gotten under my skin a little bit. So I'll just, just in case anyone's listening, this isn't directed at anyone in particular, (laughs) it's just kind of for future reference. um, And I have been a really open book with everything that I've been going through. So, I mean, I don't necessarily blame people for being inquisitive and wanting to know things, but there's a right and a wrong way to ask things. But this one, there is no right way to ask this. And please, if you ever come across a same-sex couple, um, or lesbian couple in particular, who have a child or are going through IVF, do not ask, who's the father? Do not ask that. That is off limits. There is no father. There is a donor. There is biological material that we have had to use from someone else and that's it. When people ask me about the donor, which they inevitably do and, you know, that's something that I'm just, I'm rolling with, it doesn't always sit that well with me and it definitely doesn't sit great with Crystal because I understand people are inquisitive, but it's, it's not really relevant. To be honest, I, I don't think it's relevant to our future, to our baby's future. And by the time we had to choose who the donor was, we were after my surgery, but before I did my chemo and radiation. And honestly, I I could tell you very, very little about him because we just picked. It was like not quite picking out of a hat, but it might as well have been. It just, it honestly didn't matter at the time, and it's still it still doesn't really matter. So, yeah, donor stuff is is iffy, um, but who's the father? Off the table. Do not ask that of anyone who's in our situation at all. I didn't ever think that people would ask that. I just thought, that's just being nosy. That's just being really nosy, I think. Yeah, yeah. Another good one is um, who's the real mum? Oh, honey. Yeah. You you are both the real mum. Oh, my goodness. Like, oh if you want to get technical about it, you could not get a more true case of, like, us both being mums. Like, it, yeah. it actually doesn't, you know, from, like, a scientific and technical perspective, it actually doesn't get better than this. But, like, at the end of the day, I, I only provided one cell. Like, I provided a single cell for this baby and Crystal has turned a cell into a child. And that blows my mind. That just is so fascinating that, like, she had to go and get a blood test taken to, to, to find out what the gender was. And that was all done through blood test. And they take her blood to find out what gender the baby is. Like, isn't that incredible? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the, the next kicker. And the last one is, well, this must have been easy for you because you had a spare womb. You know, like what? it was just a given that Crystal was going to, you know, carry the pregnancy and it's, you know, why are you making such a big deal about it? This was this is easy for you. Not, not oh true. <laughs> making kind of wild assumptions about Crystal and, and her want to to carry a pregnancy um and 
none of this was easy. None. <laughs> so that's yeah, that's um, that's an interesting one. Wow, I can't believe people actually say those things. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I had over Christmas. I had I was explaining it to someone the process about how I was going to be a mom, and my wife was pregnant, and he said to me twice. Oh, so you're going to be an aunt? And I said, no, I'm, I'm going to be a mum. My, my wife is pregnant. She's carrying my egg. I'm going to be a mum. We're both going to be mums. And he said to me, again, so you're going to be an aunt. And I said, I just can't explain this to you any clearer. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh, people frustrate me sometimes. Wow, that is so ignorant. I know. It's, um, it's just a little bit of, like, a lot of it is very comes from a good place and a place of just like wanting to find out and wanting to know but yeah there's some things that are easily explained and some things I'm happy to explain to people that are close to me but people that you know like yeah just kind of randoms on the street or you know whatever it's just I mean I can only imagine we're gonna get so we're gonna get looks you know for the rest of our lives basically and I'm I'm happy. I, I go about living my life day to day without any issues, but this is going to be, you know, next level. And there's all that stuff of like, well, are you worried about your baby not having a dad? And what if it gets teased at school? And blah blah blah. Like, it just goes on. So you just kind of have to be water off a duck's back after a while. Yeah, absolutely. And how's Crystal dealing with the whole just in general? bad comments people can sometimes make with pregnancy. For example, complete strangers seem to think that they can touch a woman's belly yes. if it seems to be pregnant. Yes. How is that going for her? That is such a weird thing, isn't it? And it's like it's like your body is becomes like the public, like a part of the public domain of people. And I think it kind of carries into like when you have the baby and people people have no qualms with like reaching and like touching your baby or like kissing it or something. It's just it's a very kind of strange thing. But yes, with Crystal, she has started to show the tiniest little bit. She'll just say that she's been eating too much, but she hasn't. She's popped out the tiniest little bit. And it is something that I'm very, very wary of and I hope that we don't come across people here where we live are very, very respectful. So I don't, I don't think. Hopefully, she'll come up with come against um, anything like that here. But it's a real possibility, and I can only imagine that the, the sheer look on her face will scare them off to at least a ten meter radius. I just don't. I, I hope that. Uh, that won't happen, um, but it's a real it's a real interesting kind of switch that, that happens when you become pregnant, and I think it is further exacerbated by the fact that the maternity I've been trying to find maternity clothes for her that uh, kind of don't make her look like she's uh, like baby spice, you know that like baby doll <laughs> floral thing. Like I'm, I'm trying to find things that just look like normal clothes, so she can just be herself um, and, you know, just be pregnant but kind of not feel like she's on display for the rest of the world. But maternity clothes fucking suck. <laughs> there is nothing out there that is not florally or floaty or, you know, it'd be fine for me. I'd just be rocking around on my maxi dresses all the time and I'd be sweet. But for her, it's like 
yeah, I'm trying to find like maternity cargo pants and they just do not exist. So if there's a entrepreneurial person out there, it's definitely a, a niche market for someone that needs to yeah, create some just less floral, flowy maternity clothes. Yeah, something that's just everyday, doesn't have to be all girly girl. Nothing wrong with being girly girl because I'm definitely a girly girl when it comes to clothes. Me too. Yeah. She is definitely not and I just want her to be as comfortable. I just want her to feel like herself for as long as possible because yeah. she's, you know, like this, I imagine pregnancy just makes you feel like you're a bit of an oven mm. and I just want her to yeah, feel like herself as much as she can. Is she scared about the whole giving birth part? Yeah, I caught her watching a cesarean video the other day and she was like, no, 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 oh, no. oh my god, I was like, don't watch it, don't watch, you know, like, I think there's a little bit of parents when it comes to childbirth, um, but yes, she is, she is not so quietly freaking out about it, but, you know, we've got, we got six months, I'm gonna, I will get her there and she's got a good support network around her and, um, She'll be okay. Yeah. She's definitely very lucky that she has you. You have all the lists and all the planning and organizing. <laughs> so don't be too well. Yes. <laughs> and lastly, the most important question that I haven't asked, I want to know the reaction of your fur baby. What's their reaction oh, to this? Yes. They have been, yeah, look, they know something's going on, especially because we keep <laughs> having to leave every, like, three weeks for appointments. I'm like, girls, what is happening? You know, like, keep having to get babysitters in for them and stuff there. They know something's going on. Um, but, yeah, um, Vegas, she uh, was lying on Crystal's stomach the other day and it was so cute and I don't know. I don't know whether maybe they... Uh, they can feel the baby. They say the dogs can sense the baby before it's here. Yeah, I've heard um, that. But, yeah, we'll see. Well, that's good. As long as the fur babies are good. Yes, yeah, since they're getting yeah, a new sister soon. Yeah, no, yes. there's going to be a lot of girls in this house. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah, a lot of ladies yeah. in here. <laughs> well, thank you so much for letting me speak to you, lovely. It, oh, I appreciate it so much, you contacting me and, and wanting to share what's been happening with you. This is just, you need to write a book, woman, on this. One day. Oh. One day when there's nothing happening, we need to write a book on this. <laughs> you know what? I kind of, I want to write, I do want to write a book, but I want you all to write a chapter each. Like, I want all the people that have been through this with me to write a chapter each because it's like, it's not just happening in a vacuum. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like living... I'm, I'm living through with everybody and yeah I've I'm recruited a few people to, to help me write my book so yeah you just wait I might be sending you something in the mail you might need to put pen oh, paper for me yes that'd be amazing yes because you are such a trooper to be going through all this because it would have been what is it now a year, it would have been like a year ago Oh, oh. So it'll be a year. It'll be a year in April. But it just in my mind, like last year, just almost didn't happen. I've like blocked out, you know, like six months of last year, which is you know I have written down a lot and like our chats and stuff help me remember some stuff. But I um yeah I can't. I it feels like it's gone like that. It feels like it happened a month ago. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's been a big, it's been a big twelve months, and I think the next twelve months, it's, I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon. Mm, yeah. Well, 
at least these next 12 months, they're obviously still going to be hard, but at least at the end of it, you are going to have a little baby girl at the end. I know. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it, but I will keep you posted. Thank you so much, lovely. Oh, thank you, Demi. I hope you got, you're all good up there, and um, hopefully I will speak to you soon, and I'll, I'll keep you posted of all the developments and everything. Yes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Demi. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Nasty Woman Club. If you would like to read more about Kate's story, make sure you head on over to her Instagram page, The Blissful Thistle. That is also where you can look at her incredible jewelry, which I think it's just amazing that throughout all this, she has still continued to make jewelry so that more women can get their pap smears done because the whole point of her making the jewelry is that then when people compliment the bracelets, then the person can say, oh yes, it's from this woman who was doing this to raise awareness about pap smears. Have you had your pap smear? That's the whole point of them, and I love it that she's still doing them. She's still creating these masterpieces, even throughout all the stuff she's been through these past 12 months. She is just one incredible woman. I will also make sure I add in my previous interviews with Kate in the show notes in case you want to hear more of her story about her struggles through post-cancer life and also her struggles dealing through the surgeries and treatments with cancer as well. If you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this week's podcast episode and also go on over to our Facebook page and Instagram page and hit like. So you can stay up to date with the Nasty Woman Club and intersectional feminism. I am your host, Demi Lynch, and I will see you next week with another interview with another inspiring woman with an inspiring story.